Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey everyone, producer Emmanuel here. This week's episode will involve a lot of vulnerable sharing of trash-adjacent opinions, so it's important that we cultivate a safe space. As Josh mentioned in a previous episode, I'm kind of a witch, and I thought we could do that by diving into a sound bath together to cleanse away all of our judgy-ass vibes. You know you got them. They need to go. But first, I need to set the mood. Let me light some of these Erica Badu vagina-scented candles real quick. There we go. Inhale all of that in with me. Hmm, that's a new smell for me. Anyway, now allow all of these royalty-free sounds to calm that part of you that likes subtweeting or pointing and laughing at people. You know, that part of your brain that was really active in middle school. Yeah, that girl. Poof, be gone. Ooh, I, I think I actually felt that. I feel kind and lighter. Cultivate stillness in this moment. Be Beyonce in the elevator. I would like the record to show that that was Emmanuel, not me. It also was not me either, Tracy Clayton. That was not me. Here's a magic spell inspired by our faves from the craft to take us out. I bind you, back issue listener, from bringing hateration into the dancery. Bind you by the power of Mary J. Blige's boot. You know, it's true magic if there's an echo. I don't make the rules. <sighs> okay, now that my spell is cast, it's time to get this episode percolating. Yep, that was another Mary J shout out because she deserves. I think we can all agree. All right, all right. We let you have your little witch moment, Sabrina. Right, this is cute and everything, but we got a show to do. Take it away, Josh and Tracy. Happy Autumn Equinox. Happy Early Libra Season. We're the best. Witchy Woo Woo Spice signing off. Bye-bye. Beyonce? You look like Luther Vandross. Oh.
but make it fashion. But you ain't heard that from me. Fierce. Can't stop. You see, when you do <laughs> clownery, the clown comes back I to bite. I ain't no sleep because of y'all. It's Britney, bitch. Y'all not gonna get we no sleep because of me. Who said that? Welcome to Back Issue. A weekly podcast that revisits formative moments in pop culture that we still think about. This week, opinions you're scared to tell your friends. Can I confess an opinion right now? Of course. Casseroles are good and they are not just white people food, period. Woo, girl, you're on one. Let's let's just get into it. Let's do it then. I'm not scared of you. <laughs> well, sometimes you're ahead of your time and you don't know it till 17 years later. Wait a minute. Oh! something to say. Okay, all right. For the first five or six or seven years of my career, they made me wear a top up to here and things like this. And I want to show my body in a dress. I'm going to show it. Do you know J-Lo at this point? No. The audience member said it. No matter what happens with this movie, it's really helped me grow. The whole process of acting has helped me grow. Each week, we'll go back into the past and revisit unforgettable moments we all think we remember. And learn what they can teach us about where we are right now. I'm actor and director Tracy Clayton. And I'm producer and star Josh Quinn. Oh, so you the star? We Was there a memo? (laughs) That's fine. So, Tracy, Mm -hmm. is this a safe space? I think so, but every time you ask if this is a safe space, I question it. Why? I don't know, because you made me nervous. What are you about to say? (laughs) I just want to say, without judgment, Uh because I can feel the judgment in your eyes right now. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't even said nothing yet. Okay, my eyes are closed, so you can't feel the judgment. You're welcome. Okay. I got to get this off my chest. Like, I feel like there's a lot of things that I want to get off my chest. Your your spirit does feel really, really heavy. I think we need, like, a confessional episode. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, we should have, like, an exorcism of all the pop cultural moments that we want to keep to ourselves, that we're afraid to share with our friends. Mm-hmm. You know what? You know who I think we should talk to about unpopular pop culture opinions? Um, Megan McCain? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> what? I quit. Okay, 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 okay. Um, Joe Budden. I, 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 <laughs> no. Okay, well, since my ideas are so bad, they are. who should we talk to? We should talk to someone we actually like, Tracy. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I didn't know that was an option. You should have put that in the small print. We should talk to Ira Madison third. You know he's got really strong opinions. Oh, I love Ira. He talks about his strong opinions on the internet mm-hmm. all the time. Right, okay, okay, all right. So your idea was better than mine. Fine. But don't try to distract the masses and not tell us what this big, huge exorcism level opinion is. What is your bad opinion? (sighs) I love the movie Glitter. I just want other people to, like, acknowledge how great of a work it is. Mm, I see. Okay. Well, uh, I I hear you. (laughs) Uh, I just... I feel like you're trying really hard not to be judgmental, <laughs> but I hear it in your tone. Like, I'm gonna get on the phone with my girlfriend after the appointment, like, girl, I had somebody in this office today talking about... This client that I had today was wild. Tell me how Glitter's a good movie. Can you believe... Okay, I'm not saying that it should have been a contender for, like, Oscar picture of the year. That's good that that's not what you're saying. But it did not deserve to be universally panned. That I stand by. Ah! 
It really sounds like the whole world says that this movie is terrible. I think maybe I've never heard anybody say anything positive about the movie, but you? I mean, I'm often out there by myself mm. being right. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure that's why. But there are reasons for that. Tell me some of your opinions on Glitter, though. I mean, it's... A movie. Accurate. It's not good. It's not a great thing that happened. It's just kind of like a blip on the... But wait, have you seen it? No, and I still know it's bad. That's how bad it is. Okay, you know what? We're correcting this right now. Wait. I'm forcing you to watch this movie. Let's go. I'm an adult. You can't force me to do nothing. Okay, do you want to watch the movie? Okay. <laughs> do I want to? No. Will I? Yes. <laughs> okay. Two hours later... What did you think? I did not die. That's so true. My expectation <laughs> has been proven wrong. Set <laughs> the bar high. You know what? I try to set realistic like goals for myself. I've been working on it. Mm -hmm. No, but like in all seriousness, it honestly was not the doo-doo fire that I was expecting. Oh it really, <laughs> really was not. It was cute. It was very, okay. very cute. It okay. was cute in a way that I wasn't expecting. Mariah's acting was good. Mm. And just like listening to everybody be like, oh, the movie's so bad, it's so bad, it's so bad. But like, I guess I thought the acting was just gonna be like, like me, like it was me in the movie, but it wasn't. It's just like, a, it's a movie made in 2001 with very young Mariah Carey with stars in her eyes. And it's cute. I, I get the appeal. I do get the appeal. It just means so much to me because of where I was mm -hmm. at that point. I was probably like 12 or 13. Aww. I was at the age where I was asking for CDs for Christmas. Right. I watched no television except TRL and music videos. Uh -huh. And to have one of your favorite musicians of all time release a movie that was semi-autobiographical, fake about our life, mm. sent me over the moon. So I love this picture, this snapshot of your life. <laughs> I can tell you exactly what I was doing on the other side of the world. This is 2001, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I am a freshman in college. I'm getting radicalized and reading about Black Panthers and listening to all of like the Black Star and the most depth that I can find. Mm. So Glitter was not exactly in the universe that I was constructing for myself. Yeah, for sure. So that makes sense. But what I think is even more important than where you were and where I was when Glitter came out is where Mariah was. Get ready to do your math. Here is how. <laughs> you can make a whole movie called Glitter and nobody know it. <laughs> so, first of all, Glitter is kind of like a dramatic reimagining of Mariah's life. You know the movie 8 Mile? Yes. By that musician that I'm not going to say his name. The one who likes spaghetti a whole lot. Mm-hmm. His mama's spaghetti. Him. In fact, one of my favorite moments <laughs> is on Watch What Happens Live on Bravo when uh -huh. Mariah refuses to say his name. Andy Cohen, the host of the show, asks her to say three nice things about, well, he'll say his name. Say three nice things about Eminem. <laughs> They come in a package that you can carry wherever you go. <laughs> they the world. And they're tasty. Peanut, and you can have the regular kind. Very good. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. I love it too. It's only certain people that we allow to get to that level of diva dumb. Yeah. She wasn't always there. She always tells mm. the story of being like a biracial girl that grew up in a very tumultuous 
tumultuous, tumult, a rough household <laughs> in Long Island. Neither here nor there. And always And her mom was this white opera singer and her dad was black and Venezuelan. So people didn't know what to really make of her, you know? Mm-hmm. And she has this song that the lambs, which is her hive, the lamb The sweetie babies. They reference it all the time about this experience of not being able to really fit into either identity called outside. From the Butterfly album, and it's one of my favorite Mariah albums of all time. So, zoom forward. She goes to high school. They call her Mirage because she's never there. Not everybody knows that. Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. This is where Tommy Mottola comes into the picture, right? Dun, dun, dun. Literally that. So, this story is told like 100,000 times, but the gist is, according to Cosmopolitan in 2019, as a teen... Mariah was waitressing in the city, trying to make ends meet. And she put a demo tape together and she managed to get it in the hands of Sony boss, Tommy Mottola, who was like, Uh Clive Davis, Quincy Jones. Think of the most important influential men in the record industry. He's one of them. The king of all the suits. He had worked with Michael Jackson, Celine Dion, and he looked at Mariah, looked at her music, and took her under his wing. But mm. it got romantic. Mm. Wasn't there an age difference? I mean, like you know twenty what? years. I'm not trying to shade nothing to nobody, but given the power dynamics and the work thing, so I'm gonna say there's a lot of dynamics going on, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they got married, and she released her first album in 1991. But her image wasn't an image that she wanted to portray. She always says that they dressed her up to here and down to here. Again, Tommy Mottola is one of the most powerful men in the music industry. Yeah. This fact will come back. Okay. But after they got divorced, she came to call the house that they lived in, this huge mansion. She called it Sing Sing. Like the prison in New York. Because she felt like that's all she was able to do. She wasn't able to be herself. She wanted to put out a lot of records that had hip-hop in it. But at the beginning of her career, people thought she was white. Yeah, listen, I thought she was for a really long time. And the record label really, really profited off of that. And they really wanted Mm. to protect that image from crossing over into hip-hop, you know? And so she felt like they were clipping her wings. And they felt like they were making their money. And so when they got divorced... She broke free. She escaped their mansion figuratively uh, in the honey video and jumped into the pool. <laughs> oh my God, wait. She did. I remember that mansion. Right? She ran off the Whoa. balcony, jumped into the pool, came uh, out like a Bond girl. Everybody was yes. like, oh my God. But it also, like, remember what she was wearing? She was wearing a bathing suit. It's very different from the imaging that she had during mm-hmm. Vision of Love when she's wearing a ball gown. She's like a songstress. A songstress, you know? Mm-hmm. When she left Tommy Mottola, she signed a new $80 million record contract with Virgin Records. You know what? $80 million is a lot of money. And Glitter was the first album off this new contract where she was going to establish herself on her own without the help of Tommy Mottola. $80 million worth of pressure. Mm. And your first act is this movie called Glitter. Not to mention when it came out. Do you know when Glitter, the movie, was released? 
Uh, just know the year was 2001. Well, the soundtrack for the movie came out September 11th. 2001. Ah, shit. See any issues with the rollout? I could see how there might have been a distraction happening when you're trying to promote a movie and, like, music. That sucks. And, like, doesn't need to be said, but it's not her fault. It's not her fault at all. There's this iconic picture that floats around the internet of the movie poster of Glitter on a New York subway stop. And you mm-hmm. literally can see the tower smoking. What? Behind it. Damn, Mariah. Damn. And if you look at the movie sales for that week, for the following time after September 11th, mm-hmm. box office sales in general, according to Box Office Mojo, right. went down 30%. She had a chance. Aww. At all. Aww. She was under a lot of stress at the time. There was that TRL mm-hmm incident where she showed up unexpected and wait what j-lo and that was uh i'm real love the remix boy, with, with... come on and love me the hell's that give me more oh, ah. <laughs> she's got an ice cream cart right and she does a strip tease on trl unexpected carson daly is like what the hell is going on what i don't know what are you yeah. doing here is the question i'm here can you hold this yeah sure. i brought your present it's this shirt what are you doing? Mariah Carey is stripping on TRL right now. But it brought up all these really messy, unnecessary questions about Mariah's mental health. And yeah. the thing about speculating about someone's mental health when they're in the public eye is, first of all, you don't know. Ever. But also, a lot of mental health issues are triggered by stress. Hello. Do you think that people speculating about your mental health might be stressful? I think it may. I think it may be, especially when your image is so tightly controlled and what you can and can't say, like you can't just like open your mouth and speak. It has to be run past like all of your PR team and your handlers and shit. I'm sure that would be kind of stressful. You know, but... That's just to give you a little bit of the context around the film as to why people might have received it or not received it at all. I think it got overshadowed by the drama of Mariah's life, her splitting from Tommy Mottola, critics being like, is she going to be able to go on because now she's on her own? People speculating about her mental health, it coming out around 9-11. People also just have this tendency to tear down people who are at the top of their game. Mm. I will say, I would like to, since this is a confessional episode, let me just like, let me just say a couple things if I may. Mm -hmm. I may have been a little harsh when it came to glitter. There's clearly a lot of context that I did not have, was not privy to, could have Googled, but didn't because I didn't understand stand mm. the, you know what I'm saying there's all mm-hmm. that also I spent a whole lot of time talking shit about a movie that I've never seen mm. before which I mean if we've met it's not rare I mean it's kind of just <laughs> I talk shit about <laughs> about movies I've never seen all the time but mm-hmm. this has touched me like it really has it really Aww. has touched me because like it makes me think about just like who Mr. Hamilton himself, who lives, who dies, who tells your who story. Who tells your story. Don't get us sued. Can we clear that? Ah! Legal. Can we do it? <laughs> <laughs> and like somebody told the story of Glitter to be it's a bad movie, it's a shitty movie that never should have been made. And if you like it, you're done for liking it. So I would like to do a little bit of atoning. And since I've said so much shit about this movie, now that I have seen it, mm-hmm. can I say some nice things about it? Is that okay? Let's do it. I think that my favorite thing about the movie is just seeing Mariah Carey at that point in her career. Mm. You know what I mean? Because, like, talking about, like, who tells your story, like, who builds the reputations that, like, 
these performers have, right? Like right. the idea of the diva uh, and like the diva who is just so eccentric and she just she just has too much money, darling, and she just needs everything her way and she's just put in so much time and how dare you? We don't believe in years, darling. We only believe in anniversaries. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Right now, today, as we are having this conversation, that's the image of Mariah Carey that is conjured when people say the name Mariah Carey, right? I think that's fair, though, because, like, I think she plays with it, like, you know? She does, which, I mean, to me, has always felt like subversion, you know what I mean? Like, ha-ha, here's what you think of me. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me give you something to, like, look at and talk mm-hmm. about and, like, whatever. So there's that. But also, I think that sometimes we forget that, like, there are human beings and, like, people underneath these costumes that are like hoisted, hoisted, foisted, foisted? Put upon. Yes, that way. <laughs> like these, <laughs> these costumes that are like put upon people, like seeing Mariah Carey, it was just so fun for me. Mm-hmm. She's young, she's bubbly, and she's just like energetic, and she's just like cute. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is something that she had the space to be in. You know what I mean? Like she was allowed to just be like a fun, cute, young ass, talented ass girl doing fun shit that everybody grows up wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's playing a role, but also like, oh, look at little baby Mariah. Aww. Like it was just like an image or a side or like, I don't know, I just felt like I was meeting a part of Mariah for the first time, which was, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Also, them side ponytails, I just want to say. Yo. Next time y'all see me, when outside is open again, it's going to be like to my knee. It's going to be cascading <laughs> over my left ear. Yes. And it's just going to be amazing. Yes. And I think that Glitter had me convinced that she was a terrible actress. Like the perceptions of it before. Right. Yes. Everybody was just like, oh, the movie's so bad. It's such a bad movie. And the reasons that they gave were it's a bad movie because it's bad. And I'm like, well, I guess the acting had to be bad because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like what else could there be? And so then when Precious came out, the story was, oh, my gosh, Mariah is so ugly in this role, which she was not. <laughs> She's not a bad actress. And I feel like that is a thing that, like, I would love to see Mariah Carey acting in more of everything. Me too. I think it's something that happens when beauty is a part of your image. Mm. Because it's really hard for people to take you seriously as an actor or a singer or whatever. People think that you're like resting on your face. And Mm -hmm. that's why you see a lot of times when people are taken really seriously as actresses, right? Mm -hmm. They have to ugly themselves up. Halle Berry didn't get an Oscar until she was a crackhead. Woo! Say that word. Nicole Kidman wears prosthetics and wigs in order to transform Mm -hmm. so that her face isn't distracting. And I feel like the same sort of dynamic is happening. People didn't take her seriously when she was supposed to be a pop star and she's supposed to be Mm -hmm. beautiful. But the moment that Lee Daniels put some overhead lighting over her. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everyone's they like, shoot wow. shoot her from her side, that's not the best. Mariah Carey. Right. She's a social She's worker. dedicated. Exactly. She's not just doing this because it's funny. She gets to be pretty. She's mm-hmm. serious about mm-hmm. it. And in Glitter, she was gorgeous. Mm. That's a good point. That's a good point. Oh, 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 oh. Speaking of acting, another thing that I loved about this movie, mm-hmm. The brat. I love the brat. Listen, she needs her flowers for so many things. Can I just take a second and say that if you have ever had a conversation about the best female rappers, first of all, if you're doing that, update your life. Rappers are rappers. It doesn't have to be like the best female rapper in the game. Like Mm -hmm. whatever. 
that's another episode. But if you've ever had a conversation about like women rappers and who's the best in the brat is not up there, mm. you owe the brat an apology. If only for her verse in Ladies Night. Y'all see how these bogus niggas try not to notice the dopest bitches approaching with good intentions, but focusing on their bitches. If it's too hot, then get the fuck up out the kitchen, niggas dick. Stay lifted when they're thinking of me. So many words, and she mm. raps so fast, and like it's creative, it's fun, it's goofy, and it's silly. And I'm just like, what can this woman can't do? I'll tell you what else she can do is act. Mm. She was so much fun to watch. In this movie, I think she's pretty much, at least for me, where all the comic relief came from. And you know, Absolutely. I'm always looking for the comic relief. When mm -hmm. I get to any party, I'm just like, ha, where the class clowns at? And so this made me really curious about the brat as an actress, mm. right? So I did a Google because Google is free. Everything in the world costs money, but Google is still there. And so she has an acting credits before Glitter. She was also apparently in Kazam. With Shaq? Yes. That's the one that everybody thinks Sinbad was in, remember? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would love to interview Sinbad about that. Like, yeah. how does it feel? Yeah. <laughs> um, so she was in Kazam. She was also in your favorite Carmen, a hip-hop Do you remember her in that? Iconic. Yeah, she was like the chorus. The chorus. Like narrating the story along. She was in Carmen. And she was also in some episodes of The Parenthood. You remember that sitcom? Oh, I love that show. Right? TK and Zaria. Shout out to Reagan Gomez Preston. I was like, I wish my name was Zaria for the longest time. Because I was like, it's just so, it starts with a Z and she's so pretty. That's who I wanted to be. So she's done some more acting. She's done some movies here. Some like, some sitcoms there. And she is also an executive producer of the current VH1 reality show, Growing Up Hip Hop. Mm. Just saying, I'm just, just a maybe. It's just thought I'm kicking around. Maybe. Glitter was the springboard that led to the brat's emergence into the acting field. Maybe. I'm just saying. Maybe. Maybe. Wait. So mm -hmm. my favorite thing, my favorite uh -huh. thing <laughs> about Glitter is the soundtrack. The soundtrack is pretty good. You're right. You're right. I got to give it to you. No, no. No. The soundtrack oh. <laughs> to Glitter is immaculate. Okay. It okay. is a love letter to New York City in the 80s. It's an homage mm. to the sounds of that era, mm -hmm. like funk, freestyle music, and the origins of rap. It is perfect. It is so good. And oh, sparking word appreciation. <laughs> that was lovely. That was beautiful. It is so good, Tracy. <laughs> it's so good. Can I tell you why? Yes, please. Please tell okay. me why. So, Mariah came up, when she was singing her demos and putting together her demos, she came up in the New York club culture, like in the 80s. Okay. So when she was trying to make it, she came into the city and she was waitressing and going to clubs mm. and, you know, being young, dipping and doing it. And because it is a semi-autobiographical movie, she wanted it to reflect that time in which she was becoming Mariah Carey. Right. It's one of my favorite eras of music. I will say it was really fun to hear, like, what... Mariah today would have sounded like back then in the 80s with like all the synths. Yeah. It was like a modern interpretation of what those sounds were. So like, for example. She has the song, I Didn't Mean to Turn You On, which is a cover of Sherelle's 1984 hit mm -hmm. that she sang with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who ran the 80s. Absolutely. They had all of the songs on, on Janet Jackson's Control album, but they also were the ambassadors of the Minneapolis sound, which is a sound that's made famous mm -hmm. by the late great Prince. R.I.P. R.I.P. 
they also executive produced this album. So if you listen to that song, you hear Prince. Sure. You just want to dance and have fun. And then she does a song called Don't Stop Funkin' for Jamaica, which is a cover of one oh, that is my of jam. my top Listen. 10 favorite songs of all time. Funkin' for Jamaica. It's by Tom <laughs> Brown, who's a jazz trumpeter, and Tony Smith, R.I.P. And you get textures of jazz and funk, and you get peak, mm. peak Mariah vocals yes. in the movie when she breaks it down. So there's this scene where they're passing the mic around the club, right? And you hear different people rhyming, and they're all rhyming like it's 1984, so it sounds like <laughs> Sugar Hill Gang. They sure were. I'm here in the club in New York City with my friends, and we look pretty. pretty. Exactly that. <laughs> like Elliot Ness, I rhyme the best. I cold rip the S off a of Superman's chest. Yes, yes, y'all. Beat me, y'all. And then Dice, who's her love interest and her producer oh, in the God. movie, and is awful, hands Mariah the mic, mm -hmm. and you just hear her wail. Can I tell you what that scene made me think of? What? You remember that scene in What's Love Got to Do With It? Yes! Early in Tina's life? I know you love me, baby. Ugh! But you never tell me so. But my favorite song to admire for its virtuosity mm -hmm. is a song called Lead the Way. And it has my favorite note of Mariah Carey's entire career, which has got this run. And then it's got this note that she holds for 21 seconds. Such like a testament to what a freak of nature she is in terms of like Absolutely. vocal ability. That's the perfect way to describe it. Exactly. And then you have the sample that broke the camel's back. What was that? The lead single from this album. It's a song called Lover Boy. And I mean, can you think of anything as 80s or as black as sampling Cameo's candy? No, not at all. There's nothing blacker, maybe, depending on who you ask, than Cameo, period. To this day. <laughs> My dad loves Cameo. Word up. It's not a party if you don't have no Cameo. It's Everybody not a cookout that. if there's no it's Cameo. It's not a family reunion at all. But did you know that wasn't the original sample? No. What do you, well, no. What was? What do you mean? So, the original sample for this song was the disco classic Firecracker by Yellow Magic Orchestra. Okay. However, Irv Gotti told a story on Jesus and Mero. Wow, juice, tea, right? give it. About how Tommy Matola heard that Mariah was gonna use that sample <laughs> and rushed to have J-Lo use the <gasps> sample for I'm Real. Yes. So grimy, how petty. So Mariah had to rush to get another sample at the very last minute. And this 
is thought to be the origin story of the I don't know her meme mm. that has never died. Oh, because after all of this happened, snare. once Mariah was being interviewed by a reporter and they asked her what she thought of JLo, and when she replied, she just simply said, I don't know her. Wow. Which, when put in context, was very diplomatic. I mean, listen, 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 because what I would have said, y'all won't know what I would have said. It would not have been as nice. So the movie was not that bad. It wasn't. I would say good. (laughs) If y'all are listening and you're still kind of iffy, listen, if I could watch the movie and find good things to say about it, then so can you. Um, And Josh, you know what? I just want to commend you. Um, I know that some people in your orbit, not me, can sometimes give you a hard time about opinions Uh. that they think are bad (laughs) or wrong. And I just want you to know that I see this happening and you just, you stand in it. You stand in your truth. So I do admire that in you. Uh, You're doing great. You're doing great, kid. Do you know who you remind me of, actually? Who? This tendency of yours to just like like what you like and not like what you don't like? Who? The one and only Ira Madison III. Uh, we love Ira. Today, on this very day, he is ready to step into the back issue realm, into our universe, mm-hmm. if you will. And I hope you will, because he has some opinions that just might shock you. Stay tuned, and we'll see you after the break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing, so you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ira Madison III is a TV writer and a host. His writing credits include Q-Force, Daybreak, Nikki Fresh, Black Panther, Sins of the King, which you can read and listen to on Serial Box. And he currently is the host of Cricket Media's Keep It. 
which is one of my favorite things to yell at people. <laughs> he has cultural commentary bylines absolutely everywhere, including the Daily Beast, GQ, MTV, and Noisy. His Twitter is just his first name. Mm. It's just at Ira, and I'm so envious. Please help me welcome to the show Ira Madison the third. Hi, <laughs> I love this little intro. Oh, do you feel special <laughs> and, and lauded? Because you are. Right, we just start out our show with like, hey, it's me, I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's start this show with a little behind-the-scenes story that I want to tell everybody. So once upon a Mm. time, I was in L.A., and Ira was in L.A., and we were working for the same place, and we had gone out, and we had had a drink or two or three, I think. And what I remember most from this night is walking past this scary-ish man. He was very tall, dressed in black, had on a top hat. As a rule, I'm just like, don't fuck with people in top hats, you know, because like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know nothing about it's where you going, where you coming from, you know? And I just remember Ira saying that he looked like the villain from The Princess and the Frog. <laughs> 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 and y'all, this man heard him and I was like, well, we have to fight tonight. This is just great. This is coming like back to me. This is coming Do back you remember to me. I was, I was acting a fool. He did hear us. You were. You were acting a fool. <laughs> minute sir we don't live here i don't i can't go to this jail but i share this story to say that you don't seem to have a difficult time letting people know how you feel or what you think even if it's a seven foot tall very scary man on the street (laughs) (laughs) so my question is were you always just like so fearless like just say what's on your mind and if you don't like it that's that i actually was not I was not. So when I was in school, particularly, you know, like before I came out and, you know, like really just sort of like uncomfortable with myself and like my body and looks, et cetera. Like Mm. I was a lot more me. Middle school, you know, like people would make fun of you and stuff. And like my initial response was then that's how I learned you know, to be like funny and have a quick response, you know, and um, mm. uh, I did become an asshole. Mm. Uh, and then high school, I went to an all boys Jesuit high school, which was predominantly white. And so I kept that same energy, <laughs> you know, so I was definitely the angry black person for uh-huh. a bit um, and up through college, you know, and I think it's it, it slowly, slowly chipped away as, you know, I got um, better friends you know, and um, just Come like really like system. became a person who like invited love into my life. You know, the um, the the flower petals stopped wilting um, mm. in my castle. To use that metaphor, I stopped being the beast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was not expecting poetry today. <laughs> How do you know when your opinion is wrong or when? Everyone else is wrong. Mm. I need to know this answer because I swear up, down, and sideways, I don't have bad opinions. Everybody <laughs> else is wrong. I'm no. 98% sure of that, but like, just mm. for the re- how how would I know? Even, even twerking for MLK? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was twerking for general justice, first of all. <laughs> it was not just for MLK. Uh, uh... <laughs> I was thinking about this recently, right? Because that's what you sort of think about online, you know? This mm-hmm. this idea of, like, someone coming in with, like, a really hot opinion 
And a lot of times they want that attention. They want people dragging them. They want the engagement, you mm. know. But other times it's like you could tweet something and like you could be wrong, you know. And I think it did take me a while to sort of realize moments when you're like, you know what, what I tweeted was shitty. Like, mm. let me delete it. Or actually I was misinformed about this, you know, and like yeah. let me correct myself. But we're not conditioned to do that and especially online because of the echo chamber thing you could tweet that wrong opinion right mm -hmm. but the echo chamber that you've created you'll have the likes and responses from like friends of yours and people that you follow who are like yeah you right but you don't know that they asked us wrong too right <laughs> you right. know <laughs> and y'all all wrong because y'all all are coming from this one particular perspective mm. I love talking to people who at least sound like they've been through therapy. You are giving me some <laughs> therapy vibes. I See have you. gotten I therapy it. during quarantine, too. Add that to Woo. the Xanax and the weed and the drinks. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I have to ask you this question before we get into the next Yes. Question. Do you consider yourself a lamb? Oh, am, am, am I a lamb? Please. <laughs> <laughs> the memoirs of an imperfect angel. Yes! <laughs> I mean, I peeped your Spotify account and your Mariah retrospective <laughs> and I copied it over. Our um, forensic scientist over <laughs> This whole episode, we've been thinking a lot about Mariah Carey mm -hmm. and Glitter. Mm. What is your opinion on the movie Glitter? I'm so excited to hear your thoughts. It's not a good movie. But it's not horrendous the way people tried to pretend it was. Mm. However, the soundtrack to Glitter right. is it, is it. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> the soundtrack Didn't is we... it. <laughs> Fire. Fire. Let's say that DJ saved my life. I didn't mean to turn no. you on. Come on. J Funking <laughs> for Jamaica. Yes, lover, <laughs> lover boy, Mariah was lover in. Boy. Mariah was her in bag. her bag, in her Prada bag. <laughs> Do you think she's a good actress? Precious is it. She's great in Precious. Yeah, that yeah. whole seat, that is that is everything. Better take your ass down to the welfare. Yes, yeah. get down to the welfare. <laughs> Since you got your degree and you know every damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> That was oh good. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was good. Well, speaking of actors and singers, we want to play a quick game with you, and we're going to call it Keep It, the Singers Turned Movie Stars Edition. Yes. So what we're going to do is we are going to give you a list of some movies that singers made, right? And you tell us whether or not it's a bop or if they need to stop. <laughs> okay. Number A. <laughs> First movie is Burlesque. Cher and or Christina. Well, Cher is a bop because mm. Cher's been in it from the jump. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Moonstruck, you know, Mermaids, mm -hmm. The Client. Mm -hmm. <laughs> great. Great. Yeah. Um, Christina, she's cute in that movie. It's a bop. She surprised me. I need a tough. <laughs> 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 okay. Madonna and Avita. Actually, the best work she's done. So. Yes. Wow. <laughs> that and Dick Tracy. She was so good in Dick Tracy. Yo, I used to have a Dick Tracy lunchbox. Otherwise, get the Madonna off the screen. I'm not watching that. But Evita is historical, okay? The soundtrack has got some of my right songs. Antonio Banderas. Ooh, I love Evita. Oh, yay. Yeah. See, Josh, Evita's good. Ha -ha. Mm. 
Patty LuPone has something to say. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> As she should. Kana Perron. Ava. Do I I've heard so much about, about you. you. Oh my gosh, it's <laughs> Okay, Crossroads, Britney Spears. Mm. Shonda Rhimes. You you know I love Miss Brittany and Miss Shanta. I actually don't like Crossroads. <laughs> that is one of the slanderous things of my Brittany fandom. I do not like Crossroads. Mm. I would rather watch from Justin to Kelly. That's the next one. <laughs> Justin to Kelly. She was great. Justin was not. <laughs> Jennifer Hudson in Sex and the City. You know, I love Jennifer Hudson. She's an amazing actress. Sex and the City is just not a good movie. Anti-black. Anti-black was the Louis Vuitton the Louis that they Vuitton, gave Jay exactly. Hud in that movie. Exactly. It was awful. It is ugly. Tim McGraw in The Blind Side. I ain't seen The Blind Side. Me either. I refused. It just looks real oppressive, you know? I love you, Sandy B, but <laughs> no. I love her, but sometimes she just leads you down a bad path like premonition or bird box i'm still mad at that shit so the moral of the story is if you black give your life for this white lady and that's how the world should work would i give my life for sandra bullock that white lady in particular maybe (laughs) sarah michelle geller perhaps (laughs) Hmm. who else is on this list this is interesting white women that i would give my life for because i ain't got none You know what? Miss Kelly. Kelly Clarkson. Mm. But she would never ask me to. And that's why I would. Right. Kylie Minogue in Street Fighter. You know I love Miss Kylie. And she is great in Street Fighter. A a movie which makes no sense. Yo, first of all, Street Fighter is my favorite bad movie. It's like probably my second favorite movie like of all time. Of all time. (laughs) And I didn't know until today that Kylie Minogue was even in that movie. Like, it just didn't register the 8,000 times that I saw it. She was good in the movie, though. Yeah, I like her in that. And the last one, Gwen Stefani. The Aviator. Oh, I love her in that movie. That's one of my favorite scenes in a Scorsese film. Her and Leo emerging from the limo, stepping on the flash bulbs. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's like her face was made to exist in that era. It's so funny to me that, like, you know, Gwen, who's been every culture, <gasps> was best <laughs> as like an ice blonde <laughs> white woman, you know? How do we let her just get away with kidnapping all them Asian children and just run around? Because she was so good at it. The other girls are like sloppy appropriation, you know, Mm -hmm. like she was in every country. Her passport was stamped. You know, it's funny you mentioned that she was at her best when she was like being her authentic white woman, because my favorite Gwen Stefani video is cool. Yes. I mean, well, she was impersonating a brunette, but (laughs) (laughs) what's your most controversial or unpopular opinion like what do your friends get on you about the most whether it's food whether it's movies music like whatever hmm. it's a safe space don't worry we won't tell anybody uh y'all, y'all broadcast some this <laughs> <laughs> but i've admitted this online before i enjoyed the big bang theory oh man that makes me sad <laughs> Ira, wasn't that, like, the most popular show on TV for, like, 10 years or something? Yeah, but, like, basic. (laughs) It's bad. It's not a good show. It's not funny. I've never watched it. Don't. Don't do that to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) 
You are a delight. Thank For you so sure. much. Of course. And you know it's lovely to kiki with y'all. Thank you, Ira. So this is the part of the show where we channel the one and only Tyra Banks and we take her advice and we do our best to learn something from this. Joshua Louise. Yes, um. Did we? Learn something from this. (laughs) (laughs) I learned that I love glitter even though everyone hates it. And guess what, Tracy? Mm. That's okay. Mm. You know what? It is okay. And guess what I've learned? What? I learned that I don't even hate glitter. I thought I did. But I don't. I really don't. Also, I've learned that our guilty pleasures, they deserve some freeing. You know? Yeah. I say we stop using the term guilty pleasure. Because why are you feeling guilty about being happy and feeling good about yourself? Why? Where's the guilt? If you like what you like, you like what you like. Like what you like. Choose your choice. Watch your your shows. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to have like another like very rhythmic <laughs> list there. <laughs> I did but you not did. have and that. guess what else? What? That's okay, too. Oh my gosh, I'm already transformed by this, like for real. And also, Tracy, like, is it really that shocking that when you consider all of the moving pieces, mm. 9-11, right. Tommy Mottola, True. the media's scrutiny of her mental health, also that. the person that would be torn down in the end of all of it was a black woman? You know what? Mm. Mm, y'all can't see me, but I have a, a Sunday morning church fan in my hand and it is just working overtime because ain't that it? Is that not the way? But yeah, it's okay to be proud about what makes you happy and what makes you feel good Mm. and what helps you to breathe a little bit Mm. easier because these are things that you need to have in your life literally to live. If you don't have any joy in your life, if you can't get them serotonins popping in your brain, you're not, your body will suffer. Your mental health suffers. Like you, you need things that make you feel good. Choir, Mm -hmm. come on, choir. Preach, preacher. (laughs) GP, are you with me? Oh yeah. We watching Glitter. We ain't going nowhere. You know what? (laughs) (laughs) Back Issue is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. This show was created and is hosted by Tracy Clayton. And me, Josh Gwynn. (laughs) (laughs) Our lead producers are Josh Gwynn and Emmanuel Hapsis. Our managing producer is John Asante. Our senior editor is Leela Day. Special thanks to Gabrielle Young. Our associate producer is Alexis Moore. Our executive producers are Jenna Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. This show features music by the one and only Don Will. You can follow him on the socials at DJ Don Will. And you can follow me on the socials at Broken McPoverty. And you can follow me at Regarding Josh. Subscribe to this podcast wherever free podcasts are sold. Tell a friend. Mm-hmm. Tell your movie night. Mm-hmm. Bring it up in all those Zooms that you do not want to be a part of. <laughs> Just in the middle of it. Be like, yeah, TPS reports. But have you heard Back Issue, though? Have you heard, <laughs> have you heard the good word about Back Issue? <laughs> you can use the hashtag Back Issue Podcast to talk about it on Twitter. You can follow us at Back Issue Podcast on Instagram. Go watch Glitter and tell us what you think. Yeah, tell us all of your opinions. We will stand by you even if they're awful. 
Well. <laughs> Josh will. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop recording. Oh, that's the wrong button.